Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents, the Odd Pod. I'm your host, Petey Steele. And I'm your co-host, Elena Torres. I know this is episode 50-something. I don't remember which 50-something. That's how many episodes we have. We have so many we can't keep track. Uh, but today, we have a very special guest, DC's own homegrown comedian, Rob Cantrell. Woo! Hello, hello. Bong, bong. Bong, bong. The first headliner ever at the Arlington Cinema Draft House. I like to say that credit, and I, I I can say that I am from D.C., but I didn't go to high school here, so real D.C. cats like Petey will call me out, ah, call me a frog. Ah. Uh, but no, I didn't go to high school here, but I did was born and raised here, and uh, I lived here till like the second or third grade, and then I moved to a small town called Buena Vista, Virginia, until okay. I was 16, and then we moved back to D.C. Wow. And, uh, so did you finish high school? You didn't finish high school? No, I went to boarding school. Oh, okay. I have a long story. My dad died when I was in, not to bum everybody out, oh, but no. it's a part of my story. Yeah. Is uh, when we were in Virginia, when um, I was going into the fourth grade, uh, my dad uh, fell asleep in, on driving a car and just ran off the road and died. Wow. In the split second. Holy uh, shit. So we were in this small town. My dad worked for walter washington here hey, yes and your dad did too. my dad yeah no i like to think they knew each other you know yeah. helped wow. get the first black mayor elected of dc wow and walter washington yeah he's well uh respected mm-hmm. and well known and historical figure in uh in american politics that's uh, so cool yeah and he, he was a good dude but uh so we were down there and down south and then uh and my mom just was raising three kids by herself like mm-hmm with that and then but it did the government paid out and there was enough money to send me to college and I ended up doing a few years at boarding school so there was a time when I was supposed to come back to DC I didn't uh, go back to high school here but my mom was here mm-hmm. and all my like my friend was in the crowd Adam I'll give him a shout out I don't know if he want, wants to be associated with me but uh, he was here he lives like a couple neighborhood kids on Capitol Hill that yeah, I grew yeah. up with mm-hmm. were always around that I've known all well, my life they don't give his government surname yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's right. fine yeah Adam Jones, he does have, a, uh, he has a completely, you can't, you yeah, can't yeah, find can. Adam Jones. There's AJ. a billion, yeah, AJ, AJ. Fresh. Uh, <laughs> you know, Curtis Blow's DJ. Yep. Uh, yep. But no, and so I do have a history with DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a history with Virginia, but I started comedy in San Francisco. I started when I was 26 years old wow. in San Francisco. And it had wow. a scene, like you were saying, like this scene here, the local scene's awesome right now. Yeah. I would say that's how it was in San Francisco in 99 to like 2005. It was so hot. Where just like, people in San Francisco were going to shows. Yeah, so, going to I shows. I guess that was probably the time. And, when, and it supported, yeah. Yeah, when San Francisco was starting to blow up, when tech was just. Just, just and it wasn't getting tech. obnoxious. And my friends were all getting jobs when the first tech boom and right. making like 50 grand at 22 right. at some website. Sure, but right. everybody had a spare room, and that's how I ended up there. So oh, somebody okay. had a spare room. I was going to move to L.A., but one of my friends had a room in uh, North Beach for like $300. And uh, I moved to San Francisco and we started doing open mics as soon as oh, I nice. went there. And I just fell in love. with. As you guys know, it's, yeah. if you once you do it, you'll know... So it, you'll know whether you like it or not. Yeah, it happens yeah. pretty fast. I mean, I that's how I felt for like it was for me. Like I did my first mic, and I was like, why haven't I been doing this? Yeah, my whole life. Completely. And then, and then it was I was just I just had to, you know just dove right in from there. Totally. So how many years were you on the scene in San Francisco? Three and a half years. 
three and a half years and I lived and breathed it though. Like, but I didn't get it on a real comedy stage for a year, like a real comedy club. They had all like, there was a, it was a bottleneck of great comedians. Like the guys that were like a year ahead of me were Al Madrigal, oh, W. Yeah. Kamau Bell was wow. like my best friend. And like Arge Barker, who is one of my favorite comics. Then Mitch Hedberg was like the headliner. David Tells were all like the headliner. Uh, but the local scene was Robin Williams would pop in. I saw Robin Williams at a lesbian bar open mic. But that's that was so a treat. Cool. That I'm was sure. a trip, like late night, like twelve thirty. But he kind of uh, he kind of blew me off. Like I didn't like we were all trying. It was late. It was weird, mm -hmm. and it was like some weird show that I stumbled into after doing some other show, you know. And it was like one of those. And then all of a sudden, Robin Williams is fucking there, and he's about to go Same. in. And I said, hey. Uh, Robin, I'm, you know, I'm doing comedy, and mm -hmm. he just asked me if I knew Joe Klosik, who's a local comic, who I did. I was like, yeah. He's like, he's great. And that, that was the only words that we was had. A, that was still, extent. still. You say you had a conversation with I did, I did. On a show I together. made him awkward for a minute. You guys, yeah. you guys shared a moment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that is true, did. at a lesbian bar in San Francisco. How'd he do? Crushed, man. That yeah. guy was a beast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, the people talk about him, you know, this, that, or the other, but... Uh, Performance-wise, oh, yeah, you can't fuck with it. It was, it was just, it was, it was, it was lightning in a bottle yeah. Yeah. that just destroyed. You didn't, as a comic, you know, you don't want to. That dude would just murder. Yeah, yeah. Well, his style that. is so unique, especially like imagine having to follow that. Yeah, he was an improv dude. Like yeah. improv dudes, I'm not an improv dude. I never was an improv guy in college, or I wasn't even a theater dude. I was a, you know, I was a C student goofball. In the back of the class, <laughs> and that's a lot of stand-up comics. But the dudes that do learn, like I don't hate on improv, because a lot it is a good teaching acting tool, mm -hmm. and the dudes that do it well can book like television and and commercials real quick. It's just a it's a good trick to have in your basket, yeah. just to be able. And that's what he had. He came from yeah. like acting and improv, and when he found stand-up, he was like, oh, I'll just riff up here. Right. Forever and ever right, and ever right. and ever and just let it spin. Right. Well, I need so much more control than improv and acting. I think that's what. It yeah, is. but not how Robin Williams would do it. You yeah, know? that's true. He, he would he go would up there. Do, yeah. He'd I remember do, him in Good Morning Vietnam. There's that one scene where he's like riling up the troops, and then when I learned that that whole like ten minute thing was just completely off the top of his head and unscripted, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of brilliance and a lot of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. And I think as a clinician, a lot of untreated mania. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah, there is. With a lot, of, I mean, mental health is coming to the forefront. And I think, you know, I never went to therapy, but just recently, I'm 46 and I'm learning about myself, is, uh, you know, stand-up comedy I used as therapy. Like, I literally, yeah. that and weed. Like, I love weed, and I think I just suffer from extreme anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think that why goes, I love goes with par with, with doing comedy. I think with, you have to have some large level of anxiety. Anxiety, you know? yeah, that's what it yeah. was. And then, and then when I hit, then I smoke pot. And pot, I'm not telling you to smoke pot or it makes you a better comic. Right. But for me, that was the reason why it just cut that anxiety in right. half. It was like a hot knife through butter. So, but right. sometimes it gains. But that's how. I was, but I had to be in the open mic world for like a few years, for three and a half years. But the first year in san francisco like i did all just coffee shops anywhere weird lesbians bars sure. that's where i ran in, into robin but because the punchline was the big comedy club mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. and that was my home club and that was the first 
So at least I got a paid check from. And the punchline wouldn't let you on stage unless you hung out for a year. You had to go every Sunday was their open mic. Wasn't their open mic. This is like the locals. So I saw Arge. I would see dudes from Nick Swartzen. I would see uh, W. Kamau Bell, Al Madrigal. Uh, there's so there's so many great Bay Area comics that I could sit here and talk about all day. I, that's the scene that I saw, but it was crazy because you had to go and hang out, mm-hmm. and they didn't put a list together. They would just go around the bar, and the booker would go, "Okay, you're next." Wow. And wow. then you had to go up, and if you bombed, you bombed in front of everybody, and it was a real audience in a real comedy club, yeah. and if you bombed, they weren't gonna work you. Right. Like, you were oh, done at that club. Forever? No, but, you know, like when you got the bomb weeks. stink, yeah. you right, know? Right, right. And especially if it's your first, and that's why they made you wait, because if it's your first impression with the booker, they don't have time for the bullshit, no. so right, right. they think you're whack. They're like, another whack fucking dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's it. Wow. Yeah, so that's kind of where I came from. But you're saying three and a half, part of my history is the reason I got to uh, headline the Arlington Draft House is that I got last comic standing the very first season, I was a top ten finalist. Wow. Um, how how far into comedy were you? I was three and a half years. Oh, wow. Didn't have an agent or a manager. I literally stood in line. People don't get, like, I am I went to the final ten, went on national television. Three and a half years in. Three and a half years in with That's no awesome. agent or manager. And nobody knew what the show was. Right. How did you find out about it? Did you just see a listing I, somewhere? Yeah, listing, like... and it was just word around the local comics. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, everybody, go line up. They're doing open auditions over at this, uh, it was like a convention center over in uh, San Francisco. And I didn't have to teach that day. I worked at a school. I was assistant to the kindergarten teacher. Okay. And uh, I lived, and I worked a couple different jobs, but I was starting to get road gigs by then. Like I was opening up at Sacramento. I remember the week before I opened, and back then you would do a, I would do a whole week of opening, like 15 minutes, but it would start from Tuesday to Saturday. So I'd go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, wow. I'm doing shows. Not much money, 50 bucks, yeah. but right. it's 15 minutes, and I'm working with Todd Berry or Mitch Hedberg or, you know, right. uh, yeah. uh, Dave Attell. Uh, I never got to work with Chappelle, but uh, the, oh. he was creep. He was, he was about to blow. Uh-huh. He, but he was right. still at headliner level. It was like a couple years before uh, Chappelle, show. Chappelle show. Yeah. Wow. So that would have been like 2001. 2001. Yeah, yeah, it was very early. But Chappelle's show was like 2003. No, 2003. It might have been 2002, but I know... It was my senior year of college, but it could have been 03. Yeah, it was my... Because it was like... Because that's when when Last Comic came out. Yeah. Yeah. That's when Last Comic... I always say, and back then, stand-up... I mean, not the... the, But stand-up wasn't cool. Yeah, no, it wasn't. No, no, now it's... Now Now it's it's the coolest thing ever, and it's like... Back then, it, it was literally not cool. We made time for the Chappelle show and the Daily Show, but if you'd have told us, hey, NBC's got a comedy thing, we'd have, fuck yeah, that, yeah. you know, because it would be, be like Disney or something. Yeah. yeah. The 80s kind of fucked everybody's, you know, right. everybody's head up. Like, everybody's like, oh, that's such cornball shit. Mm-hmm. Like, right. nobody was really feeling stand-up. But I always thought it was the most punk th- rock thing you could do. Right. In my head, I was like, show business, like, uh... Like, I respect acting, but I respected stand-up even more. I was like, that shit, I respect. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Because I knew how hard it was. Oh, yeah. I knew how hard it was, and I respected it, and I thought it was the most punk rock thing. It wasn't cool mm-hmm. at the time, like, when I was in college and shit right. like that. Um, but I always, like, 
It's like that shit I fucking respect. And then I then I did it and fell in love with it. And so when you after you get last comic standing, you're in the top ten. So after that, you started to see a big career change. I imagine. Yeah, it was a little scary. I went way up. I yeah. went way too up. Like, yeah, that's what I was There was ask. no internet. It was before MySpace. Right. So all the comics were jealous of me. It was right. like everybody, nobody been on NBC before. And it was so big, they played it on NBC, and then they would do the repeats on Comedy Central. Wow. And it was okay. getting, and it was the first couple years of like American Idol. This is when those reality shows were getting 30 million people. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, These yeah. numbers were like friends numbers. Yeah. They're, I got paid scale. I got paid, you know, scale, and they were getting thirty that million people views. Wow. Like that, so the ego was like, I went from yeah. opening for Todd Barry in Sacramento to having every agent and manager call me within a week. So then you were like, "Fuck meditating." Yeah, but no, I was, I was single. I was, yeah. I thought I was the shit. Yeah. I, I, I thought I was the shit. Um, and you know what? I mean, and it, it taught me a huge lesson because I went up and I just didn't have the time to headline. Right. I didn't have the time to headline, so it was this weird, awkward growth spurt. And I was managed by uh, Barry Katz. Barry Katz managed me. I went on tour with a couple big comedians and would open for them. But the cool thing was, I was like, Barry, you got to get me on the fucking road. you got to get me on the road. But none of the clubs would fuck with me because Last Comic was like a new show. Right. And people knew it was big, but the agents got jealous. Everybody was just going for the next wow. season, ready to set up for it. I like caught the wave right before it broke on t it kind of broke on top of me right but I, I i did got to do great gigs i did four weeks in uh vegas with ralphie may wow. at the buddy hacky in the buddy hackett room Ooh. we had the platters and the drifters in the four tops or like the the jug the, the what's left over of them yeah, they yeah. did the eight o'clock show Reunion and we tours. did the 10 o'clock yeah. show <laughs> at the at the sahara and the Sahara is like right across the street from Circus Circus. Mm -hmm. It was like the ass end of the strip, right? Yeah. And, but exactly. it was like a 1950s, but they tore it down. It's like, it was the first place that the Beatles played. It was so retro and cool. Yeah. I remember because the rooms were cheap as dirt. And, right. uh, but they had us in this big comedy room. We would half fill it. And, uh, but we did four weeks there. I, I felt like, you know, I got to do a, a lot of great gigs after that. Like, I guess what I'm saying, the heat was on for like a year and a half. Right. And then I had to re figure my whole thing out right because things started to cool off and uh and i couldn't yeah i started getting i would headline baltimore was good to me i did the baltimore cat uh factory and then la i had to move to la club. that first club, oh, so, you first moved, club so you moved to show. la first yeah i went to la first okay and for a year and a half i did la and the thing that's scary about la and i was three and a half years in la will not make you a good stand-up comic it's to make yeah. deals and it's and it's big money. So I was swimming with the m biggest sharks. Totally. And I was going out on auditions I was not ready for, like movie auditions and shit. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't get stage time and I was getting worse as a comic. And then my agents and everybody was just being nobody's the calls stopped coming in. All right. this, and then I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And that's when I moved to New York in 2005. So how long were you in LA for? Then? A year and a half. So not that long. Yeah, I mean that's I always wonder because I used to live in LA. And I didn't do stand-up in L.A. I didn't do it till I moved here. And I'm like, how do you even it's hard. manage that in yeah. L.A.? Because like, even the comics that I know that are not famous but really good. Got credits and shit. And yeah. that have credits that, that perform a lot but aren't like names. Because you have like, names that are doing like the comedy store and the improv. Yeah, stuff. like that are movies and shit. Right, yeah, it's right, huge right. stars. And then, but no, it's not fucking are, Hollywood. Right, and people who are good comics, I ask them, how often do you get up? And they're like, twice a month. Yeah. I'm like, how do you... 
You can't develop. You can't, yeah, how do you get Some better? people, dude, Ari Shafir developed out there. People, you can develop in the comedy store. Right. Or you can get on the road. Right. But Triple runs. Yeah, triple yeah. runs or, you know, get a headliner to bring you along. Right. That, I, I did a couple triple runs, but I wasn't super road doggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was definitely more of a San Francisco get high and go in the coffee shop. <laughs> but, right, right. but I did the punchline, so I had, like, comedy club leather. I could, I knew, just like you guys have the improv and, you know, mm-hmm. you know right. how to do the gig and sure. if you have to do the gig. Right. Absolutely. Right. It's so funny you say that about getting comedy, um, Last Comic Standing at three years in, because I read Amy Schumer's book and she had almost the exact same thing. She got Last Comic Standing when she was three years in and said she, like, bombed super hard after that for years because she just wasn't ready yeah for that kind of attention yeah so quickly yeah 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 but she played it out all right yeah she came out out just fine she's doing all right yeah she came out just just fine fine. no amy's really funny and i'll tell you a story i was in uh I, but the cool thing is Barry repped me and I got to play the Boston Comedy Club. So oh, he nice. owned the Boston Comedy Club. So I got to, I came to New York and I crashed at friends' places or I would, you know, my friend had a, had a law from D.C. that I grew up with that I would get a room. But Barry was like, I can't get you on the road, but I can get you at the Boston. So I would do three sets at the Boston getting paid like $75 a piece. Mm-hmm. And I'm following Patrice. Oh, wow. I'm following uh, DC Benny, Attell, all these guys. Like, I, I, you talk about Chappelle's show in New York. Like, I lived that shit. Like, That's so cool. Uh, I remember I had to follow Patrice in front of Spike Lee at the Boston Comedy Club. I bombed so hard. Wow. <laughs> three years in. Wow. Yeah. And there was, a, but there was also some cool, one of the cool, but walking out of there, doing sets, but I also would do sets. And there's just a cool, I love getting paid by comedy. <laughs> Especially then I was young and I was single. I was right. smoking one hitters. I was going up on stage and I was getting $75 a set. So I walk out with like $200 in cash. Yeah. yeah. This one time, yeah. and it was old New York. And this is like the old village. This is like 2003, like Chappelle show was happening. Mm-hmm. I remember this one open micer. He had a fucking uh, Cadillac with the roof down. And it, we did our sets, and we were going to another comedy club uptown. Or he was driving me. I think he was going to Caroline's, and I was going to get a ride to take the train to where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. And we got on the West, High, West Side Highway, and we had the roof down. Uh-huh. And I just made this money, and the, his friend had a joint, and we're smoking a joint, going down the West Side Highway, and they're pumping Jay-Z, like the new, like... And this right when that shit came out, like the, yeah. when Jay Z was Jay Z, yeah. I remember feeling it and being like, "Oh, this is some New York shit yeah. right here." Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. This is 2003. Oh. This is when he was making huge hits. No, this is why this like like didn't the Blueprint come out? Yeah, like yeah this yeah, is yeah, like yeah. the Blueprint, yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, 2002, yeah. like, yeah. Th- like those, but he was still, like, a young, he was still, like, the king of yeah, rap. Yeah, like, Big Pimpin' and that. Yeah, it, and it was very out. a New yeah. York sound. Yeah, mm-hmm. Big Pimpin', that's what it was. Dude, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that's what that I was, was trying like to say. Yeah. That was 2000. Was it 2000? Was yeah. Was it that early? Pimpin', yeah. Big Pimpin'? Yeah, but I think it was still, it was a it was a hit around. Sure. People were still pumping it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, 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 he emerged. Yeah, that was, like, but I remember just having that New York moment. when he was still a rapper, not a mogul. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you did you fall star. in love with New York just immediately as soon as you got there? You were like, oh, this is where I want to do stand-up, or did it take some time? It takes some time. I love New York. I always loved hip-hop. 
So I, I used to, if you listen to my album, I have a great, my first concert was in Roanoke, Virginia. Actually, it was the Fresh Festival, and I got to see the lineup. It was Grandmaster Flash, Houdini, Run DMC on their second album, and the Fat Boys. Wow. When I was 11 years old. So, I, I mean, I, one of my favorite movies is Beat Street. I can pop oh, and lock. Beats. I yeah. can fucking pop and lock. I could, I could do a back to all that. Melly Mel's verse. Oh, that's the hardest that's verse. That's a hard one. And the be- yeah, the second verse on the Beat Street yeah, is down. sick. Yeah, it's amazing. it's amazing. It's all about like nuclear war. It's crazy. It's, it's all about. It's one of the about- few verses that's brought me to tears before. Yeah. Wow. It's like biblical. Like, like if you read wow. it, it it reads like Genesis album. It's crazy. And he must have been on a lot of cocaine writing it. <laughs> <laughs> a stupid ass metal, a civic array for all those innocent people you slave. <laughs> yeah, no, he was. Yeah, loving. Spotify, it's sick. He called yeah. like history before it happened, like the space race. And yeah, all, all this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And computers. Don't and be a slave to, to no, no computer. computer. <laughs> he says, "Don't be a slave to no computer." Back then. Yeah. Back then. Eighty-three. Back then. Yeah. That's 83, wow. 84, yeah. Say Ramon! Ramon! Ramon was the graffiti artist that died, so they did this big gotcha. concert. Gotcha. At the Roxy. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I so could talk cool. about Beat Street forever. Sandra Santiago played yeah. the wife, Gina from Miami Vice. Yeah. Yeah, she was bad. She was bad. You know. Uh, uh, what? She actually, she no, she retweeted me. You know who followed me on Twitter was uh, Trudy from Miami Vice. Wow. Olivia Brown. Really? Yeah, because I made some kind of a Miami Vice tweet. I like to make those from time to time. And Lafayette's forever jealous of me for that. Yeah, yeah, you guys love Miami Vice. <laughs> it was a great show. I was into it. Uh, who was the comedian, though, that was Charlie it? Burnett. Charlie Burnett. R.I.P. R.I.P. He was supposedly the best of the, like, one of the better stand-up comics. Mm-hmm. Do you know about Charlie Burnett? I've heard the name before, but I don't but know. But he would do, in the village, he would do street comedy. He would be like, gather around, gather around. On a way. Yeah. And get huge audiences on the at, at West 4th. What's that? Or West Washington Square. At Washington Square, yeah. like, during no the way. 80s. Like, when all There's the hippies were doing bongos, and that's where you buy, buy dime you, bags. I didn't even know that people did comedy Sure. That yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would pass the hat, and he'd make a ton of money. I mean, you got to be good if you're doing that kind of comedy. And he was good, yeah. You compete with, like, the noise of the world and all that. You can watch it on YouTube. Yeah. We all want people, whether you're black, white, Mexican, Asian, and the rest is Puerto Ricans. (laughs) (laughs) It was really, yeah, if you watch it, it's like dude doing crowd work (laughs) in a park. Like, he gets everybody around, and then he just starts fucking with people. It's just like a comic working the crowd at right. a comedy club, but he just, this was his hustle, and then he would pass that. And then he would go do sets at night. He would do the Boston. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yep. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, Charlie Burnett, Miami Vice. Yes, sir, the yeah. Noog Man. Yeah. Um, well, we have also great improv and everything else here at the D.C. Draft House this coming true. week. Sure. Take a moment to pump up some of these shows we have coming up here. I love this theater. It's like a black box theater, and it's like really open. It, it reminds me of somewhere between the middle of a comedy club and the UCB stage. Yeah. It's like, yeah. so I, you know, my act is kind of out there, and I get to really I get to, you can do whatever it feels a lot freer here. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's oh, a fun, funky room. Come here yeah. if, if you want to check out some comedy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, so the 18th, Thursday, 7 o'clock, we have Jokes That Give Back, presenting City Dogs Rescue and City Kitties, followed by Frankie French's great Broadway show at 845. And that's a great show. Fantastic show, all-female lineup. Um, Friday night, the 19th, with Clayton English from NBC's Last Comic Standing, lest we say it again, Love and All the Same. At Draft House at 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock, as well as on Saturday the 20th, 7 and 9. And you guys, we've, we've told you however many episodes this has aired, you know, just log in, follow us. If, to get in the running for free tickets for this, you know. We yeah, we three, keep track of who's following of us. And if you comment and like our like shit, like our stuff, your you chances know. go way, way up of getting free tickets to see some great comedy just here or at Arlington. So check us out. You know, you Send can, us some love. Yeah, you, you know? can just follow and unfollow and do the same next week for another chance. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you how to game it here. Yeah, we've given you this tip before. So if you want those tickets, go ahead and like give us some and love. subscribe. Yes, yeah. there you go. And Sunday the 21st, uh, 7:30, Comedy-ish Productions presents the Chocolate City Comedy Show. That sounds fantastic. Uh, but Rob, yes, we want to thank you for taking some time yeah. in between these shows to do this. This has been fantastic. Oh, always. thank you, Petey. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. And uh, I don't know, we, we want to end with like a one-minute cipher. <laughs> you want to do? I'm terrible at freestyle. Oh, really? Why but you can. You all right at it. Okay. Yeah, but you can. Do you know how to rap? No, I don't. Do but, you want to go but, for it? No, I, I'm gonna. Petey, you go first, I and go then for, you. Yeah. Dude, this is going to be like falling Patrice, but here we go. I know. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but tell me about your hip-hop career. You, uh, While yeah. I was doing fucking stand-up, you were actually had a musical career here in D.C.? A little bit. I wouldn't call it so much as a career, although it was more than what I was doing career-wise at the time. Um, I made an album out in St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah. I met a bunch of people out on the road. You know, well, not road, but in college in Wisconsin and we went back to their home city the twins and you know made some beats and did some things and I had a little thing so at that time this was about 2004 5 there were a few like hip-hop open mics here but hip-hop never really took off here the way no. that, like go-go was the thing go-go was all it you know I never thought there was enough hunger in DC you know to like do more everybody's kind of content here Know, it's not an art town. It was that's yeah. why I ran it's out. It's get, it is becoming yeah. that. I think with legalizing pot, like it always was a cool town. Yeah, right. it was always a cool town, and you could find good bands. You could find good go go. The funk was here. It right. was just like people didn't go for their dreams here. Like this was yeah. a government town. Like that if somebody being an artist, like yeah. you, after twenty three, like everybody's like, right. what are you doing? Like you need to get a job. Yeah, yeah. No one wanted to move really. Yeah. Everybody right. always wanted to stay here. That's the same way I am now. You know, yeah. I don't have dreams of going to L.A. I've said this a million times, but um, yeah, Petey and I have long conversations about this. Yeah, today, but she's like, one day I'm gonna have to leave you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. true. Um, but that being said, um, I had my disc, you know, burned CDs, and I was going around selling them, you know. Open is this Minnesota? Stuff. No, this is here. Cause this I, is here, but you recorded something in a studio? Yep. Like oh. Slug, right? Isn't yeah, it? I yeah, I met that's, Slug, and I met... Uh, I, what's that whole movement the out there? Idea. I respect R those guys. RSE, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. Yeah. And they were just 
buzz in early 2000s. I did. They were hot. Just won the Blaze Battle on HBO. Wow. Um, which was kind of the world's, like, it was pre-8 Mile. It was, like, the world's first exposure, not really just to rap or to freestyling, but, like, a pay-per-view type battle and with, like, a white dude winning the whole fucking thing in front oh, of wow. a You did that? Like, no, not me. This was Swaggo? idea. This was yeah. idea. Yeah. Idea was phenomenal. Um, and anyway, so they had their store out there at RSE. I've heard about this. Um, in Minneapolis, and DJ K Salam would be there cutting it up. You and know, you would and sell sweatshirts, you would sell your album, you would sell all the yeah, stuff kind of affiliated with your team. Do that. I never did that there, yeah. but I was yeah. talking about, I did this in D.C., you know, I just had him in the truck, and I'd go around to local bars, you know, and Anywhere I'd perform, do open mics. There were a few back then. The Kaffa House and the fucking um, Arambe, which later became an Ethiopian thing that Martin Amini had a mic at briefly. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Right. like tw- That was like 2014, I want to say. But, yeah, but like 10 years before that, I, you know, I'd be freestyling in there. Um, but anyway, um, made a little money, did some things. Did a couple little small road gigs. I just never really, I don't know if I had the drive to really go for it like that. I didn't see it going but so far. And most of the hip-hop I really, really like is like more goony, more kind of criminal stuff and, and everything. More underground and more a underground, little bit. Too. Right. Yeah, it's hard to make money. It is. Yeah. But now with Spotify and getting that stuff out there and understanding your royalties, do I've done a couple albums and mm-hmm. uh, you can do it now. There's you musicians can do it from now everywhere. that have gotten famous purely off SoundCloud, just like yeah. putting their shit on SoundCloud and yeah. getting listens. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that, you know, and then I got into just regular life and then comedy happened and it was just like okay this was a lot i don't want to say it's easier but i think it is than hip-hop it fits your personality yeah maybe that's yeah. right and you're naturally funny oh well, yeah, you gotta give yourself some credit you're naturally funny that. i don't know what your flow's like you can spit a few bars okay but uh but you're naturally funny and you know you kind of have this thing i could tell you're a comic so it's like yeah. You found the right thing, is what I'm saying. Thank man. you. I appreciate that, my man. Yeah. Coming from one of my heroes in this thing, and a oh. DC legend. Oh, no, they're coming from the DC legend. You're the man, Pete. You come from oh, you. That means a lot. I appreciate you. it. You know it, my man. Well, thank you so much for Let's yeah, spit a few quick bars. Yeah, quick yeah, bars. yeah. Let's end. You want me to do it? Start it? You close it, let's because you're going to be stronger. Right, okay, add on. Close so it might, be, it might be bunk. All right. Let's all right? Do this. Okay. But it's not, but I've been smoking too much skunk. And I'm coming back with a 360 dunk. And watch out because I'm no lunk. I'm smooth as silk, cold as ice. Watch out, Rob Cantrell twice. Oh. I do comedy, I do weed, I do my, my thing. Watch out, I'm bringing the funk. And I like to sing. Moon River. <laughs> now you're gonna shiver with these funky rhymes that I deliver. Now here's the next girl on the mic. We're doing a cipher. Do what that you like. That is right. <laughs> yeah. My name's Elena. Don't confuse it with Bobena. Rob was talking about lumps. My dress is the color of a bump. Don't get my energy confused. 
It be it's white. Yeah, it's white. Cocaine. Don't get my energy confused. It's got a lot of fuse. That's energy. That's pump. That's rock. That's punk. And now I'm gonna show you to my favorite hunk. That's right. My co-host. My friend. My buddy in comedy. Everybody here is Petey. Petey from DC with the periods in between plus ellipses because I keep on going. Energize a rabbit. If I see a girl, best believe that I'm a grab it. Psych, nah, cause I'm not as evil as the president. I'm from DC, I'm a fucking resident. I pay mm. taxes, yeah. W2, 1099s. That's what it do. Mm -hmm. Because I will screw the Ooh. IRS. Fuck because I treat them like a virus. Yes. Because they infect my bank account. I gotta have a high motherfucking amount. So I can go on, hit it off like Robin Yount. I think I pronounced that correctly. But if not, feel free to reject me or at least inspect me, then correct me. Because there is the way that you can perfect me. Get with me and get involved. PD fucking steal, problem solved. Just like Sherlock and the Watson. Motherfucking Petey Steele ain't Jamel Dotson Cause I don't <laughs> ask questions I give answers Fucking jump on people like a panzer Yeah, that's a type of feline Apex <laughs> Predator, won't you be mine? Yeah, Petey motherfucking Steele I tell you exactly what I feel And I think all y'all should kneel To the Countercurrents Podcast Cause we the real Go ahead, put the promo code in and steal three free sets of tickets. Because that's the deal. I don't really know why y'all don't do this. Every fucking week, you traders, Brutus, Cassius, motherfucking PD Steel smash this. And now we going to get off this bad shit. Nah, this was good. Yeah, sorry, bro. <laughs> fire. Yeah, that was fire. Yo, all right. Well, thank you again to Rob Cantrell. Yeah. This was Perfect, and uh, we will see you very soon, my man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>